Sunday, 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 right here on twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. It's the Plex, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific and on into red light. We have the worst news in the week that no one else will cover. The Plex has it all. Conspiracy, right-wing nut jobs, Christian extremism, and Madison Star Moon. Tune in every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. Whites are special. We're part Neanderthal. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee Just like my straight white male dad did to me a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly A penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree We do the show live every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific Right here on Twitch that's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, just make sure you visit our swag store, adplex.store. And uh, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. And I am HK Perrin. You can find me on Twitter at HK Perrin. And you can also find me in the chat and on my own Twitch channel, which is called Sylphweed. Uh, spelled like the mythical creature and the stuff you smoke. Sylph was also a kind of chemtrail that they thought was like a good kind of chemtrail that counteracted the bad chemtrails. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's great. It was like a little wispy <laughs> cloud, like a little wispy cloud. It was, it was a good omen, a good omen for people like um, Star Moon. You like the you like the the Sam Harris drop. I never even thought <laughs> of dropping that before our I white people song. I don't remember that that quote. Was that in the one where he was just like generally racist toward Neanderthals? That was, I think, during the Ezra Klein interview where he was trying to tell Ezra Klein that he had trolled the racists by being, whites are special, we're part Neanderthal. And then I was like, that's not trolling. Yeah, that's that's being generally racist. Or just, no, I, I thought it was stupid. Against Neanderthals. Okay, racist against Neanderthals, you're right. You didn't like no Neanderthals. They dead, though. They're not, they're not around to, to yeah. be offended by uh, it. 
last time I checked, there's no Neanderthals complaining. So I, I don't think so. So um, we're going to do some Peter Bogosian this week because uh, the other option was to do that Lex guy and Kanye, and I just don't have the fucking patience for that shit. And other people are going to go over <laughs> that and do a better job of of it than us, I think. Um, anybody who's unfamiliar with Peter Bogosian, Peter Bogosian is a former professor at Portland State University who was canceled. And by that, I mean, he quit um, <clears throat> after he quit. Uh, some people had come out afterwards and said that he was shitty to work with. If you could imagine that. And now he's on the <laughs> now he's on the grift. He uh, has been doing a lot of this, like, you know, how Steven Crowder does the change my mind thing where he goes and talks to 19 year olds. Yes. Yeah. Peter Bogosian's doing the same thing. Okay. Didn't we watch one of his? Yes. Is he the one where he sets up like five lines and he's like, how strongly do you agree with this statement? But then the statement is fucking stupid and phrased all incorrectly and shit. Like, you're yeah. like well, I don't even know what the state <laughs> Then people like people yeah. like walk from one end to the other once they realize what he's actually asking because he's fucking, <laughs> he's not even asking the question correctly. Yeah. He's like, is it not, not, not true that it's not true that it's not true that the earth is flat? <laughs> yeah well Maybe, here's something yes here's something he's doing where he has clearly stolen the npr logo for his uh for his promotion and he's doing all things reconsidered because he's mad at npr i guess hmm. this is episode three we're not going to go back and watch episodes one and two you can do that on your own if you want but i don't recommend it wouldn't he not be allowed to put the npr trademark up there that would be a shame if they sued him <laughs> I'm sorry if they canceled him. This episode of All Things Reconsidered is supported by The Sound Syllogism, your source for true premises and valid conclusions. Oh my god. peterbogosian.com to learn more. <laughs> This is, is this on purpose bad? I think he, I, I mean, think I, could, I do understand that it's like bad on purpose, but is, is it, is it like meant to be badly bad on purpose? Now I don't even know which line to stand on. <laughs> uh, he thinks he's funnier than he is. I is the best way I can answer that question. I mean, I, I do understand that it's meant to look like old timey, but it doesn't just look old timey it also looks shitty yeah i don't know so for people listening on the pod it uh looks like uh, it's designed to look like a crt tv but he couldn't even letterbox it and uh yeah episode three di- lgbt lgbt dino emotes and misunderstood antifa i'm peter bogosian welcome to our third episode of all things reconsidered where we consider what in the world happened to npr If you missed the first or second episode, you can find links in the description. Today, Matt Thornton and I sit down again to analyze two NPR stories. Matt is owner of Straight Blast Gym and author of The Gift of Violence. The first story we look at is about dinosaur emojis. Yes, you heard that right, dinosaur emojis on NPR. The second story is NPR's hard-hitting look at Antifa. Just kidding, it's NPR's compassionate and supportive look at Antifa. Former public media journalist Peter Gamboni joins us again for Morning Sedition. And as usual, we start with comments from former NPR listeners about why they stopped listening. Oh, now it's not even why I left the left. It's why I changed the station from NPR. I take it he's on the the opposite side as us in the fascism versus anti-fascism debate. I would suppose so. He's uh, he's been over there. uh, He's been over there in Hungary. 
and over there in Hungary, hanging out with uh, the leader of that country and doing events and stuff over there. Pretty weird for a freedom lover. Time for another segment of I Stop Listening to NPR When. Today, we're going to hear from three new individuals, Scott, Malcolm, and someone who's anonymous. I feel like Let's even though the video quality went up when, when it started to show his face, the quality in general went a lot down. He also has the same mic as I do, I do, but he like did not replace the windscreen. So when he says that, when he says S's or P's, you're really going to hear it. Do what he has to say. <laughs> Hello. Um, yes, NPR. Um, as you probably all can tell, I'm old enough to have been listening to NPR. What the fuck? What? The, uh, listen, the absolute sight of this guy. If you're listening to the pod, you have to go and check this out on the on the YouTube or whatever. The guy. Lex Luthor, sort of. I don't understand what's happening here. This guy stop the guy. These two are hosting what they believe is a show. The people on our right in the middle, the guy on our yeah. left is talking about why he left NPR, but I think he might be trolling them just based on his tone and of voice. Is he live or are they watching a video? I it's I I bet they're watching a video he sent in. Okay. In the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s. Michael Stipe from REM. And enjoyed it immensely. All Things Considered, Morning Edition, Garrison Keeler, Car Guys, Terry Gross. I had many drive-away moments, as they say. And if you don't know what that is, please Google it. But I began to notice it was starting to become something that it wasn't. It started out maybe as a compassionate move but suddenly metastasized into a something else that just wasn't enjoyable or informative anymore um and my broader point is that i don't want to pick on npr solely i think across the american media landscape on the right we have one form of poison that's just no longer worth listening to and on the left including npr we have a different form um and it seems a little divide and conquer and uh america is being divi divided where it used to maybe not be so much my recommendation to us all is if you know a well is poisoned not only do you not drink from it but you try to encourage others to not drink from from it and our american media is poisoned in different flavors across the landscape left and right and even unfortunately center and uh, i think we all should just stop consuming those sources but instead well at least thank god for Substack. thank you oh no thank god for Substack. i could read some anti-vaccine newsletters instead <laughs> uh he was talking about that fallacy as if it was like you know this great argument like there's a reason that's a fallacy the the poisoning the well fallacy it's also i just not sure that guy was genuine i'm like i'm like 50 50 that guy like the, he was just laying it on a little too thick i mean he could be the way he was talking about that that would be really funny if that was just some regular dude who was like, I fucking can't stand Peter Bogosian. Let's see if I can get this by. <laughs> Truth. 
so the larger problem here is with legacy institutions, legacy media. That's why I think this new crop of independent journalists like Barry Weiss, I have a Substack, et cetera, where- Barry Weiss used to work at the New York Times. She's the one who put everybody in front of the plant for the IDW. Everybody except for Peter Bergosian, actually. Ha ha. There's also, a, there's also a danger to that, but people used to trust our legacy institutions. They no longer do. What's particularly insidious about NPR, however, is the federal funding and the funding mechanism. So we're going to talk about that as the show goes on. Uh, but I think Scott hits on something really interesting you know a, another theme that we've seen is that it's it's something else is that a fern between two dudes instead of people between two ferns <laughs> is that right yeah it's actually like there's there's a simulcast show called between two dudes and it's just it's just focused on the fern but it's not informative Mm-hmm. It's actually un- it's actually misinformation as we've spoken. He compared it to right wing media, and I think that's correct in one sense. In that le- NPR is certainly left wing media. I think it's different in another sense. It's a little more pernicious in that if I turn on Sean Hannity on Fox News, mm. I know I'm going to get far right, conservative point of view. And that's good to point. Hannity's credit. He doesn't make any, he, he, he's not kidding. I mean, he doesn't pretend he's not that. He is an advocate for the right. And yes, he does. Like Fox News is, their slogan for years was fair and balanced. They pretend that they're not conservative news. Right, they pretend they're like straight shooters or whatever. That they're like, give yeah. it to you straight. Yeah, like what the fuck is he talking about? So when Sean Hannity's pressed, maybe in interviews, some places he'll be like, well, yeah, of course I'm doing conservative news. Yeah. But on his show, he does not do that. He I don't pretends I think, to be much more center than he is. Right. But uh, to be fair, I think Fox news did drop fair and balanced from their slogans and their um, marketing material. And it wasn't a short time ago. I think that's been the case maybe for four or five years now that it's not part of their marketing material. Yeah, but Sean Hannity was on it when that was their slogan. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, just just for, just in addition to what you're saying, it's it, it might be important to note that Fox did drop that from their marketing. Yeah. They finally admitted that they're not fair nor balanced. The problem with NPR is the entire channel, the entire news team is like that, and they have a an air about them where they're uh, assuming to be objective Inde- journalists. Independent, yes. Independent, right. objective journalists. They're not supposed to be, or, or, or at least they're not honestly saying that, hey, I'm advocating for the f- uh, position of the far left here. And that makes it more dangerous, in my opinion. I don't think NPR advocates positions that are far left. They're like center left, or center generally. Yep. Uh, but reality has a left-leaning bias, so when I presented never, I don't with reality, like, I don't say things like that on the show. You're free to. I, I, I mean, get, I get I get jumped on if I start climate talking. change is a thing, right? Yes, of course. No, I'm just telling but you. Acknowledging I'm just, that climate I'm change is risks, a thing, I, I, I'm the one who receives leaning. the criticism for this show, and saying things like that is the thing. Saying things like that is th- is what I will be criticized for. So I don't say things like that. Okay. Many times when you report reality, you are accused of being left-leaning. And I think in this case, that's what he's talking about. NPR might report some thing that is factually accurate, 
and he might disagree with that fact, so he thinks they're left-leaning. You watch the New York, if you listen to the New York Times or you read the Washington Post, or far left in his words, objective journalism. And if that objective journalism is actually propaganda for the right or the left that's masked as being objective journalism, that's more dangerous than somebody who's a pundit who openly declares their political points of view. Right. Spot on. All right. Let's take a listen to Malcolm. You ask, when did I stop listening to NPR? Well, I can't say that I've stopped completely, but I have stopped contributing to them in the way that I used to. I finally got tired of listening to every single story at our local affiliate, as well as for NPR being about race, period. I recognize that race is an important issue, as are all sorts of other issues, but it's not the only important issue facing America today. I'm hoping that at some point they'll get back to general news coverage rather than covering everything about race with the occasional foray into LBGTQ plus uh, type of coverage. At least he tried. He was close. So this is something. He didn't just start adding random letters like an asshole. That's what I thought he was. I was like, uh oh. Uh oh, this guy. Oh wait, just, it was in the writer. Yeah, he got it right. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember, but at least he didn't start at just adding adding random letters like an asshole. Yep. Um, but also, like, I wonder, like, NPR obviously doesn't only cover race. I wonder, like, what percentage a news outlet would have to have coverage of racial topics for him to consider it all about race? Like, I would. I would wonder if NPR is like anywhere even close to like 10% stories about race. It, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Cause they're not doing all race. It's, it's, if you notice, if you think, if you think that's the case, it might be because you're tired of hearing about these racial issues. If you're tired of hearing about these racial issues, I would just start to wonder maybe why. Yep. Over and over again. And I'd be willing to bet that if NPR did its own independent poll of its listeners and found out why people who have stopped listening stopped listening, this would rank right at the top. Yeah, and so... But if they stopped listening, they're no longer the listeners and they wouldn't be included in NPR's own poll of their listeners, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Also, he said that he wasn't... Like, he didn't stop listening. He said he stopped contributing. And he said as much. Yeah, in the way that he was before. So, so instead of the, he's still a listener and a contributor. So instead of the tote bag in the mug this year, he's just getting the tote bag for them. <laughs> so that was Malcolm, an eminently reasonable human being. And here's an anonymous. Here's someone who wishes to remain anonymous. Let's see with a mask and sunglasses and all. Let's see. Hello. I can't show my face, unfortunately, because I need to protect my identity. Um, commenting on your question about why I stopped watching or reading NPR. Previously, NPR used to have very insightful stories that covered issues uh, which weren't covered by the mainstream news or covered those issues in a way that was unique and insightful. Um, Currently, and for, for a while, they have... Uh, consistently covered news in a way which is extremely biased, extremely aligned with a woke 
leftist, Democrat, progressive. Both of these guys are pretending to take notes. What are they pretending to take notes about? <laughs> Woke, leftist, Democrat. They're just playing bingo. Okay. Got all the got all the keywords. Agenda, which is extremely biased and very unhelpful to many people. For example, today they have a story that says the end of Roe v. Wade raises fear of more prosecutions for pregnancy loss. Uh, in the story, they talk about a woman who was imprisoned for losing her baby. They don't mention anything. If you do very basic research, you can quickly find out that this woman was a methamphetamine addict. And when the baby was born, the baby was born to have, was when the baby was born dead, the baby was found to have drugs in its blood. They don't mention anything about this. The story is extremely biased, extremely misleading, and just promotes a very anti-Republican, anti-conservative agenda. So it's it should not be funded by taxpayers any longer because it's so one-sided. That's a sad story. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's also... You didn't tell me like anything about the story. Was it Was she prosecuted under a law? That was recently passed by one of these states after Roe versus Wade was overturned. Uh, from NPR's article, the I'm going to read a line to you from their article. It says, "In Becker's case, the prosecution attributed her stillbirth to her use of methamphetamine during pregnancy. She admitted, admittedly struggled with addiction during pregnancy." Oh, so that guy just lied. So, yeah, he lied. Oh, that's straight that's up what, lied. Oh, so it's just, he's just lying. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a fucking shocker. Looks yeah. like he said, if you do basic research, I guess that doesn't, I guess his basic research was reading the article. Not even reading the article. Well, no, I mean, he might've found it in the article and he might've just been complaining that the headline wasn't like dope fiend baby dies tragic. Yeah. Uh, he might've just read like the, the first paragraph of the article and assumed the rest of it. That could be true too. Yeah. Anyway, that's that that was that was good. You did basic research. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that took me all of like one minute. <laughs> deeply, deeply dishonest. Yeah. And I have no doubt he's telling the truth. I think it also it's also sad. I don't doubt <laughs> that he does need to remain anonymous, but he has no sad? doubt the guy's telling the truth. Yeah. Because you're talking about NPR. Like what does that yeah, tell you? Yeah, because you're talking culture. about facts and evidence. Yeah, I mean it you know, that's how divided we are as a culture, and I think in large part as we've seen, we can thank NPR for that. Yeah, one more thing that struck me about this, a theme that's emerged again in these we hear from people all the time. If you, When you conduct what he said was very basic research, really simply looking into the story that they don't, they it's, don't cover It's quite themselves. a thing to overlook, the fact that the baby was born dead because it was filled with drugs in its system, and that's why the Except that it was in the article. HK yeah, it was literally in the article. They didn't read the article. They, like, they're like, as I was walking away, to like grab this energy drink they said oh he's tell definitely telling the truth that was i heard you laugh at that too it yep. was like they're, is just, he? they're just assuming the guy's right and he's not laws <sighs> right. like those are two completely different right. stories that's complete and total dishonesty on the part of npr right. except that they said that Ah. There's no way around that. Yeah. I also think it's interesting, too, for people who might think that NPR, we keep referring to it as the left, but they're not really carrying any kind of counterculture narrative. NPR is carrying the international corporate narrative. 
This is the narrative of Apple. This is the narrative of every big multinational corporation out there. They love this uh, woke ideology because it's an unfixable problem, systemic, and there's, there's, they'd much rather talk about that than they would class-related issues and, and having to pay people more or, or any real thing that right. they could make. Right. They can just make a few token changes and put a BLM sticker on and, and get off the hook. So, you know, international corporate corporations love this agenda, and NPR is pretty much their lapdog yeah, at this they, point. They love the agenda in the U.S., but they don't have gay pride in anywhere in the Muslim world, right? They, they, oh, they do this all the time. Stop using my fucking gay queer identity as a prop in your crusade against people with the wrong imaginary friend. Stop it. I hate this. I hate this. Yep. I get so mad at this. They don't have pride events in the Middle East. Should they? I don't know. Maybe. Specific places. Probably. Thanks to Scott, Malcolm, and our anonymous guest. If you would like to submit videos for when I think you... the anonymous guest might have just been the guy on the right with some beard dye. Listening ...to NPR, just look directly <laughs> into the camera and be sincere and just tell people, why did you stop listening to NPR? When did you stop listening to NPR? How did you feel? Was it a, a particular story? There'll be a link in the description, and you can uh, submit your videos at peterbogosian.com, P-E-T-E-R-B-O-G-H-O-S-S-I-N.com, and we will use those. S-S-I-N? It's all helpful. It's all helpful. You forgot the A in his name? I think so, yes. And now, Hmm. we hear from award-winning journalist, producer, and former host at NPR affiliate stations, Gina Gamboni. Like one of the commentators we just heard from, Gina also believes the media landscape is poisoned and NPR is a big part of the problem. Here's Gina with Morning Sedition. There is a very old epistemological tale about a small group of blind men who come across an elephant. Each man feels a different part of the elephant's body and believes he knows the truth of what the creature is. Each man is correct in a way. But none knows anything near the truth of the full elephant. How much of the elephant do you have to touch to know the truth of the full elephant? With many journalists at NPR and at public media stations. To be fair, objective journalism might be a myth. To be objective, you have to remove yourself, your viewpoint, from a situation. The way I've approached being objective is to think... What would be true if I didn't exist? That means my feelings didn't exist, my opinions, my biases, my experience, etc. It's a good thought exercise, but it's also impossible to complete. I can't conceive of what would be true without my own mind in the mix. I'm using my own mind to consider it. It's like asking, what would I look like without my face? I believe in objectivity as an attitude toward reporting, an aim or a direction. But I do agree with journalists who reject it as something that can be fully accomplished. I disagree with journalists who embrace lived experience as a replacement for objectivity. Who na- name the name the ones that do that? I don't think there's such thing as objectivity when you're talking about like society because society is made of just subjects like there is there are no objects in society it's just subjects well there's objects you know, but you, you don't have a society of kitchen tables you have a society of people sitting at kitchen tables right right and 
of course i think that like what she's doing here everything was kind of okay until she said that there's uh journalists who reject uh, the idea of objectivity in favor of personal like stories or whatever i don't think people do that i don't think i don't think anybody does it i think using a personal story in like your reporting or whatever is almost it's almost best used it's best used just as an example well here's an example of what i'm talking about here's this person's story yeah or to connect with the reader right and it and then maybe you're not even doing objective journalism if your goal is to connect with the reader maybe you're doing a story about an event and it's not really meant to be objective so as much because the event isn't really a news event right you'll read stuff in the newspaper about a day at the park and maybe the the that's more about like the fact that you have parks in your community or whatever and so there's no real story there right <laughs> yeah. you, you know what i'm saying like sometimes on npr they have that that kind of stuff where it's like they talk about the beach or it's sort of like kind of flowery and poetic the way they're talking about the forest or or whatever it is it's like 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 yeah. almost like like a radio like like almost like a like radio drama sort of about like something i um maybe i'm stumbling over what i'm trying to say here but if it's just like the, here's this person's story well then yeah we're not fucking we're not suggesting that this is objective journalism we're just telling you someone's story but i don't think any yeah. there's there's nobody out there who's calling themselves a journalist who's just like well screw objectivity and verifiable facts we're just going with anecdotes <laughs> Like this isn't this isn't a common thing, and she's gonna suggest that it's like common on the left or whatever. She might throw some transphobia in there. We'll see. Placement is what some journalists call depth and breadth of reporting. An even better word for me is thoroughness. If we acknowledge that we can't fully detach ourselves from our own minds, we can do our best to represent reality as accurately as possible by including other minds, even minds that see things differently, like interviewing all of the blind men who came across the elephant in the old tale. Even getting all those guys together to discuss their findings, that's science. Is NPR it? doesn't do that. It's not it science. encourage journalists. It's like a survey. Uh, yeah, that is not science. That, at best, you could call that, like, uh, a study but like it would have to be repeated to be science and not for nothing. Like most, like the, the people with sight problems are not a huge portion of our society and people who are like legally blind or even smaller portion. So the odds of like everybody around the elephant, not being able to see are so slim anyway, that the story is silly. (laughs) I know what the point of the story is, right? That somebody might, Somebody might grab the elephant's dick and then think the elephant's like a, um, very aggressive because now they're dead. <laughs> He's, or that the elephant is very aggressive in a different maybe way. Maybe some sort of hose. Right. <laughs> Do that. When an organization becomes saturated with an ideology, reporting on the whole elephant becomes a problem. So what we often get from NPR is deep reporting on a I mean you could just listen to the majority story. the guy who grabbed the elephant's dick and the guy who grabbed the elephant's trunk would both agree that the elephant was just a large fleshy hose 
while the whole so, story there you go. is completely ignored. This is on display in the next segment when Peter Bogosian and Matt Thornton discuss a story about the relationship between the transgender Twitter community and the dinosaur emoji. The journalists who produced this story surely felt they did their job. They conducted a lengthy interview with a trans woman and spoke with a specialist from Emojipedia, providing some real-world information about how emojis are born. But the story is an absolute failure. Because but they didn't speak with someone who doesn't believe in dinosaurs, and they didn't go talk to a J.K. Rowling stan who thinks that, that trans person is actually the other gender. As it wasn't thorough. It didn't provide the necessary background listeners need to understand what actually occurred. Peter and Matt are going to talk about the story itself, but I'm going to give you some background about dinosaurs and transgenderism. Uh-oh. Learn in the piece. Here we oh, go. Oh, no. We start in Great Britain. Her Rosie Island. Duffield is a British Labour Party MP. Duffield has been in disagreement with other members of the Labour Party about the rights trans women should have. Duffield says she supports the rights of trans people to live freely as they choose, but she does not support male-bodied biological men to access protected spaces for biological women. She tweeted this on September 10th, 2021. Duffield was being criticized Which spaces for her so-called radical feminist beliefs about women. I believe she Much means early. bathrooms. Women's bathrooms, women's locker rooms. Yeah, places where a trans woman would be safe. Right. And she says, they're, the, the other thing, she's not being very thorough because she says, oh, these, they're calling this radical feminist beliefs. No, these are trans-exclusionary trans radical feminist beliefs. Yeah. Most, actually, most radical feminists are trans-inclusionary. Most radical feminists are intersectional. I mostly try to follow trans women or uh, feminist women of color because like white feminism TM is like super pumpkin spice and I'm not I'm not basic clear in August of 2020 Duffield tweeted that only women have a cervix in response to a tweet using the phrase people with a cervix instead of women. What are women now not people with cervixes? Activists call people who don't believe trans women should have I mean, what access if, to women's protected spaces. What if you terms. had to have your cervix you removed? Are you no longer a woman then? Instead of people with a cervix, you would also be called a TERF. What? TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Yes. It means you are a feminist who doesn't include trans women in the definition of women. Back to September yes. of 2021. The Labor Party had a conference and Duffield said she was not attending because of abuse and threats she received online due to her stance on women's protected spaces. At that conference that Duffield did not attend, another member of the Labor Party, David Lammy, said people with feminist beliefs like Duffield are dinosaurs. Yes, he called them dinosaurs. Again, that was in September of 2021. Okay. People who support Duffield's view about protecting biological women from male-bodied biological men embraced uh, Lammy's insult. So I was... It, she's talking specifically about if you're a feminist and you're trans-exclusionary, right? Right. So I would not call that a feminist view. That's not for you to decide. If someone else calls them a themselves a feminist, I just believe them. Fair enough, but 
in in my own personal definition of feminism, I would absolutely include trans women along with cis women who deserve the same rights as men. Started using dinosaur emojis and dressing up as dinosaurs at protests. On October 8th, 2021, the British medical journal The Lancet received a visit from protesters dressed as dinosaurs. The protest was about The Lancet's use of the phrase bodies with vaginas in place of saying women. The dinosaur protesters also visited the Labor Party headquarters. Comments from David Lammy of the Labor Party in September of 2021 were the source of radical feminists taking on the dinosaur as their symbol on the street and on social media. It wasn't until trans exclusionary radical feminists that the dinosaur emoji was declared the property of trans people after Lammy's comments in September and after the dinosaur protests. You won't hear any of this background information in the story you're about to hear. Instead, the story paints a picture that TERFs took on the dinosaur emoji just randomly in order to harass people who are trans. Granted, this story is ridiculous in all kinds of other ways and also just idiotic. But leaving out the key part of the story that explains why feminists started using the dinosaur emoji and dressing up as dinosaurs. This is how people become misinformed. Next time on Morning Sedition, I'll talk about the difference between public radio and NPR. Definitely not a fan of now their has told us what the story kazoo music. is actually about. Let's take a listen to how NPR portrays it. Dinosaurs are back on the big screen. Jurassic World Dominion is now in theaters. Young kids always seem to love dinosaurs, and maybe we all do, as we crowd into natural history museums to see them in all their bony glory. But did you know that the dino emoji is beloved in LGBTQ plus online communities? It's true. So it was a... Why is that funny? For those individuals, when the emoji started appearing no on idea. the anti-trans community, Amory Sievertson and Ben Brock Johnson from the WBUR podcast Endless Thread pick up the story. So to understand this dinosaur emoji story, we thought we should start with a little dinosaur knowledge. I'm a science journalist and author. So that's what he thinks that one needs to understand the story. Yeah, no. Oh my God! He's just cutting it off. They have a—they're having like a dinosaur guy on to talk about dinosaurs because this is how NPR do, right? Yeah, it, they're not saying you need to know this to understand the story. They're saying, "Hey, we're going to use this as an excuse to give you some like nice, fluffy dinosaur content at the beginning." Right. And I don't mean the content is fluffy. I mean the dinosaurs are fluffy because dinosaurs had feathers and they were fluffy. Now that they've actually seen what the story is about, when we first heard this, not all dinosaurs had fl- no feathers, but say about the ones that did were very fluffy. No content here that that's really in any way meaningful. It's just a like a petty revenge story from, you know, something silly. But with that context, it actually makes sense. But we'll see if NPR even brings it up. Yeah, and I remember we we were looking at each other. Are they trying to do a shitty version of my show? I've written books like Skeleton Keys and The Last Days of the Dinosaurs. This is Riley Black. Riley loves her some dinos. Now she digs for fossils professionally. 
She writes about it. She tweets about it. Online, she exists in multiple worlds and multiple dinosaur communities. A lot of it is very professionalized. People talking about their new papers and new studies coming out and their latest field expedition. There's also a broader community of... Again, it amazes me that they think that this is the requisite knowledge to understand the story. No, they don't. They're not telling you that you're trying to understand the story. They're Like HK was saying, they're like, here's some dino facts. Here's a guy who like does to dinos. To make the story fun. Right. Like... That's something that these two guys wouldn't understand, though. They don't even think it. They're just portraying it as such. Dinosaur and paleontology enthusiasts, people who just like to know more or they were inspired by Jurassic Park and they want to find out the real stories behind these animals. And the number of paleo artists on social media right now is astounding. Like when people talk about... If you look through some of this paleo art, it is astounding. But within this group of dinosaur artists and enthusiasts or overlapping with this group, there's another subset of people. Many people who are queer, whether they are trans or some other form of genderqueer or whatever it is, we love dinosaurs. Along with being a dinosaur expert, (laughs) Riley is herself transgender. And according to Riley, there is a... Why was that funny that like gay people like dinosaurs? But fuck it, I thought everybody liked dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I guess maybe certain Christians don't because they don't believe in them. They should have had one of them on. Enthusiasts online. (laughs) Type dinosaur into the LGBT subreddit. Hundreds of results with pride dinos, rainbow dinos, dino moms, dino dads, and a lot. My my avatar for a while was a funky rainbow dinosaur. In 2018, the Twitter account for Sue, the T-Rex, one of the world's most famous dinosaurs held at the Field Museum in Chicago, that account updated Sue's bio to include the dinosaur's pronouns. Oh, that's so cute. They, them. So, it, it, this, without, without the context of what we heard earlier, this would make absolutely no sense. But it, now that I hear this after that context again... Well, no, the context you were giving before doesn't make any sense because it seems so far like that's not what the fucking story is about. Like the thing that they were saying before, it seems like that's not what the fucking story is about. Also, I really don't understand what Peter finds funny there. Uh, pronouns. Like it, it wasn't a joke. Uh, it's I mean, pronoun- I guess it's cute. Yeah, I think it's adorable. But like, not like hilarious. No, but the dinosaur has pronouns. Don't you think that's funny? They put she, her. In the dinosaur's profile, I think. Maybe they put they, them. I think she did say they put they, them. (laughs) I think that's funny because it fucking pisses a lot of people off. What are they going to do? Go beat up the dinosaur? (laughs) I said dinosaur has hella mad clap back on Twitter. (laughs) She's like, rawr. Rawr, Uh, rawr. They're going to set people up at the, the entrance to all the dino bathrooms to check their cloacas. It's actually making a lot more sense because they're setting up a false narrative. The narrative they're setting up here is that transgendered people also like dinosaurs. Who knew? I had no idea that people of various genders like dinosaurs. Um, And then the evil turfs are going to come. Right. And they're going to 
use the dinosaur emoji because they're interested in hurting trans people. That's the way this story is being set up, and that's obviously why they're yes. starting with trans people like dinosaurs. That's what happened, know, though. That's actually what happened. Uh, why the feminists dressed up in the dinosaur uniform. Right. And that's a completely different story with a completely different angle. But the thing is, we're only hearing whatever, like, uh, the one thing people one of the complaints we get about this is they're like, why do you run this long content? And I'm like, well, if we pull a bunch of clips, people will be like, well, you left this part out. Cause that was the fucking thing when we were pulling clips, we'd get, Oh, you left this part out. I'm still of the ethics in game journal. I mean, you left this part out. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we've listened to so much of the, the context around things that, uh, we probably could stand to pull some clips out of some of these point and but like what he's saying is exactly what happened like they started using the dinosaur as a symbol of like being trans exclusionary well we haven't even gotten to the part where they're going to play whatever part of the npr story they think they want us to hear right yeah and like they being trans exclusionary to be clear is absolutely harmful to trans people like forcing a trans woman to go into the men's bathroom is absolutely harmful. Like you're going to put someone who's vulnerable into a situation where they will be attacked. And that's not cool. I'm just, I'm just struck by it, It's not, it's not mere anthropomorphizing to give a, it's, it's kind of like a political or ideological anthropomorphization when you give a gender identity of they them to a dinosaur it it's not even in the same species you need another word in there like speciesization or something what what does, wait does he not know so that other species have genders fallacies and category mistakes it, it's hard to keep track of them sometimes and cats have names between people you're like oh my cat you're like oh what did they do because it's a cat of a non-specific gender come on you these people are idiots yeah, and I would say like, oh, my cat was being cute. She was laying in the laundry and then you'd know my cat's a girl. I am not entirely sure why. This is uh, an aspect of social psychology, I think, that has not been plumbed uh, as yet. Were you using the um, dinosaur emoji relatively frequently before all of this stuff happened? I would use dinosaur emojis for emphasis just to share things I was excited about. I'd use a little dinosaur emoji, a comet emoji, a plant emoji, and a raccoon emoji to kind of tell that story of like the dinosaurs going extinct and plants and mammals coming back afterwards and just having fun like with storytelling. But a few months ago, Riley started to see dinosaur emoji that weren't so fun. I think my initial knee-jerk reaction was just like, well, you can't have them. Like dinosaurs are ours. The T-Rex and Brachiosaurus were showing up in the profiles of a different online community. They could have picked anything else and it might have made a little bit more sense to me. So the people who were, the, the women who were putting the dinosaur emojis in their... No, TERFs aren't all women. ...posts and on Twitter and different places like that were doing it because they wanted to hurt the feelings of Riley, the transgendered... <laughs> <laughs> dinosaur no Evidently. transgender not transgendered well, stories being set up right uh, also riley is a woman transgender not a dinosaur people, right. riley using never said that she identified as a dinosaur people love dinosaurs that's what npr is saying right here that that's right that's yeah. exactly what's being said it's a lot more nefarious once you understand what what actually happened how is this nefarious riley refers to the group of co-opters as i get the whole thing is just so 
it's not only dishonest, it's just so stupid. It's the way it, I would it? suggest that this is kind of a poorly done story, but not for the reasons they're saying. It's kind of a stupid story because you're not co-op like the And it like what what's missing from the story isn't the fact that one random MP at some event that I guess everybody's supposed to know about. I didn't know anything about that. What's more important, though, is that like fashy groups, the far right will, in fact, appropriate icon iconography that other people are using. They do mm -hmm. it all the time. They did it to Pepe. That's the most famous thing. And I think that that's maybe what's they missing. They did it to from, the OK symbol. Right. That's maybe what's missing from this story. They, they've tried to, they tried to do it with disco dancing parties, but then like it didn't work because they don't really have good enough taste in disco music to really have a disco party. Um, there was this uh, YouTube channel that I watched that had that like OK hand sign as their YouTube logo for like years. And they had like millions of followers and they had to change their logo and they made a big announcement in one of their videos like, hey, we're changing our logo, our logo to a peace sign because this sign has been co-opted by racists and we don't want people confusing us with those people. Right. And <coughs> it's it's music, it's fashion, it's memes, it's it's everything. And. I bet the NPR story didn't do a good job of covering that. So I don't know if this, what they're saying about the, the person who called them dinosaurs, was that the only person who ever called them a dinosaur? I don't know. Was that even a famous incident? Like, was that a, you know what I'm saying? Were the trans exclusionary people talking about that? Like, I don't know if that's why they're using it. I don't know if they're trying to co-opt it from the, the, the trans people who like dinosaurs either. I just know that I know that when you see a bunch of dinosaurs in somebody's fucking profile on Twitter, that they're probably a turf. Yeah. I used to have a dinosaur in my profile because I liked it and they ruined that. So <clears throat> they might be right about the story being like kind of sloppy, but it's probably more that it's sloppy because they're not talking about how basically no matter what it is, if it starts to get popular, I'll say like groups that tend to be, bigoted will try to appropriate and use that symbol and make it their own because it makes it seem like they're more popular because the symbols everywhere already it's not it's not yeah it's not stupid it's not a stupid strategy yeah i think you're right well i know that's and then you start to see people using it in like defiance and and then you wonder like are they a turf or do they just like dinosaurs Right. And they and, don't want to give up that symbol or do they not even know? Right. And that's a lot of it's like, they don't even know. Like, I don't think like everybody who was using the okay symbol was a, was a racist. A lot of them didn't know. Also, that's the yeah. symbol. That's a sim That's a sign language for three. Yeah. Uh, it's also the symbol for like when you're scuba diving and you want to say like, I am okay. You use that symbol, not a thumbs up, because a thumbs up means I would like to surface. Right. Well, I'm sure the scuba community isn't like changing that, right? They're not. Uh, but yeah, if you see someone doing that while they're scuba diving, chances are they're not a racist. You're not going to run into too many Nazis under uh, like fucking 50 feet <laughs> underwater. I just don't think you don't have to. It's not something you need to worry about down there.
This story is stupid. <laughs> yeah. The actual original story yeah, about is, what happened is quite is interesting, quite interesting yeah, yeah. and not stupid. Yeah. This is NPR's version of it is stupid because I guess they had to resort to stupid in order to make a dishonest portrayal. Wait, what were the dates of these events? What if this... No idea. Because what if this NPR story, like, I'm, I don't know for sure, but what if the NPR story predates the guy saying the thing? And, like, the guy saying the thing, it doesn't matter, like, where it came from. Like, something could have had some, like, initiating event that we're never going to know about. And that doesn't, like, you're, it's not your responsibility to know everything that's going on over there on fucking Turf Island if you're, like, American NPR. Like, it's, it's now, like, a cultural phenomena among people, among, like, anti-trans supposed feminists or whatever. And that's what the story is about and it's also about dinosaurs happened how right, else could you twist the story unless you come up with something they're not really twisting the story at the at best they're just leaving out an initiating event group of co-opters as turfs as in t-e-r-f trans exclusionary radical feminists who call themselves quote gender critical in other words anti-trans Broadly speaking, TERFs promote the idea that trans women are really men. That unlike cisgender women, trans women have benefited from being a part of the patriarchy and thus are a threat to cis women. Above all, they say that unlike sex, gender identity is an ideology and is not grounded in science. Correct. <laughs> Factually speaking. Yep. You may recall the Wait, most what? famous gender isn't it's person. the idea of gender isn't an ideology. That's absolutely not what the fuck. That's crazy. Uh, can we go back and listen to what they were agreeing with? I missed it. Men are really men. That unlike cisgender women, trans women have benefited from being a part of the patriarchy and thus are a threat to cis women. Above all, they say that unlike sex, Gender identity is an ideology and is not grounded in science. Correct. I don't. It's not an ideology. An ideology is like. Right wing, left wing. Uh, I guess Catholicism could be an ideology to some point, but me believing me, like feeling that I am a man is not an ideology. <laughs> Yeah, and gender identity also isn't something you can be taught. Uh, like if if you like if it were, there just wouldn't be trans people because I would I would assume that every trans person was raised as their gender assigned at birth. Correct. Factually speaking, yep. You may recall the most famous or infamous person associated with turf ideology is J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. Among other things, in 2020, she published a 3,700-word essay defending her belief that the term woman as a political and biological class was being eroded by people who refer to trans women. Well, 
if we, since we already know what the story was actually about. Didn't even let him finish the sentence. Viewers can decide for themselves, but if a journal like The Lancet, which is a pretty prestigious medical journal, refers to women as bodies with vaginas, yeah. I could see where that might be offensive to some people. Maybe not, maybe it is. That's an actual story that we could talk about, but that's what's actually going Why on. Why is that offensive? And is that's denying, accurate. It is pretending like they're- They're also talking about anatomy and physiology. women, people who are born male and then transition and become females, is pretending that there is no difference between them and biological women, women that are born female. If you like don't- who's pretending that? Is that anti-trans? Like, do you hate trans people? Like, if, if, I don't, if I don't pretend like there's no distinction between right. somebody who transitioned to become a woman and somebody who is a woman, if I have to pretend... Well, wait, you know, that's the problem is like that, that's, they're both women. One is a trans woman and one is a cis woman. That's why we have those yep. two so, words. That's why we, that's, we literally have words to distinguish between the two. Yeah, so the way he phrased it, yes, it means that you are being anti-trans. The, the way he phrased that means that, yes. Yeah. Uh, I to mean, answer his question. Trans women are women. Are they cis yeah. women? Well, no. That's why we have a whole ass other word for that. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, and he's, he's very thing. distinctly going out of his way to not say cis women. And it's fine. Like, I'm a cis man. I'm fine with it. It's never, it, I've never even, it's never occurred to me that it's a problem, right? That, that, that I could also just be a man. I could be a cis man, a man, a dude, like whatever you want to call me. Yeah. Like all like gravy. There's, baby. there's men, cis men, or uh, sorry, there's cis men, trans men, and then men that encompasses both of them. Right. And there's also Just people. like there's also cis people women, who, trans women, and women, the term that encompasses both of them. Right. And there's plenty of people out there who haven't even thought about this stuff. And those people are usually men or women. And they're also in that fucking thing because I haven't thought about it much. Like, I mean, it's 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 it, it it's a it, it's a big tent. It's a big tent, and we should just let everybody under it because sometimes it rains. Thing, and I have to pretend like. And then there's there's also pregnant too. If that's what I have to in do. between those two, like those Venn diagrams do cross over. Right. There's non-binary, uh, gender non-conforming, gender fluid people who are, you know, exist at different places on that spectrum at different times. Do, um, if I, if I refuse to do that, if I just acknowledge the reality that there is a difference between somebody that has a penis and somebody that doesn't, and that difference could manifest in important ways. If you, for example, you put them together in prison, as we've right. seen here in the United States. Yeah, and you, yeah if you put the trans woman in a men's prison, the trans woman is going to be abused at a very high rate. Yes. So yes, yep. we do. We do actually, there are, there are different, again, it's, ugh. and that is a problem. Like we, us two can agree that that's a problem. He does not seem to acknowledge that that is a problem. He probably doesn't know. I doubt he doesn't know, but I mean, maybe he doesn't, maybe he really is just ignorant. He thinks it goes the other way where the trans woman goes into the woman's prison and, and hurts a bunch of people. And when that on rare occasion happens, it's all up in the news. But you think it's all up in the news anytime tra when trans women are put in men's prisons and get abused? Do you think that fucking think that hits the news in the same way? I don't think so. There's also, not I would I would assume the rate of trans women put into women's prison and end up abusing people is about the same rate as cis women put in women's prison 
who end up abusing people. That I don't know, but I just know that any instance of it that happens is all over these people's media, and you don't hear a fucking peep from them about trans women getting abused in men's prisons, you know? Yeah. Men abuse each other, women abuse... Prisons are awful places, and we don't need to do them the way that we do them. We could make all this... We could we could tackle this whole fucking problem. Yeah. Women who've been raped. Right. Um, if I don't... If, if I refuse to acknowledge that distinction, does that make you somebody... Somebody that hates transgendered people? No. Because that is what the implication is. That That's is what the they're saying. That's, yeah. And also this attack on J.K. Rowling. First of all, it's despicable. Second of all, it's feeding into this. This isn't an, These aren't attacks against J.K. Rowling for something she never said. It's just. It, it's just dishonest. Again. No, people are going after her for what she said, but she's not like, being attacked. She lives in a castle. Refers to my wife if she goes to a doctor. Yeah, she recently tweeted. Basically, uh, someone asked her, "Hey, does it does it bother you that a lot of people who looked up to you, who were your fans, who called themselves your fans?" you've hurt them and now they don't like you because you hurt them. And her response was, uh, essentially it doesn't bother me because I look at my latest royalty check and I'm okay with it. And it's like, you, she's just straight up saying like, I'm okay with hurting people cause I'm filthy fucking rich. Stop and that's, that. And I think she would have a monstrous yeah. like and we I should all agree that that's not okay stuff about that. And maybe you don't agree or maybe you do agree, but let's see a story about that. Why don't yeah, we have a story about exactly. it? Instead, we have to have a stupid story like this, yeah. which doesn't even make any sense without context. As far as NPR is portraying it, feminists decided to use dinosaurs to hurt the feelings of transgendered people. Trans exclusionary feminists. Right. Turfs. That's I, not, the, that's and not just women story. feminists. They're not even all feminists. It's gender critical is what they're calling themselves now so that they don't have to, so that they can invite in non-feminists. You think James Lindsay is a fucking feminist? Yeah. Even if they're not pro-women, they're certainly welcome in that anti-trans community. Even if they're anti-Semitic, they're welcome over there as long as they're gender critical. I guess I'm just having trouble. I'm trying to take this seriously, but I just can't take it seriously. It's just too stupid. But yet, uh, it, it's it's a bigger problem than than just a waste of time. It's an abuse of it's power. It's a bigger problem because it's a waste of time. It's abuse and it's dishonest. Right. It's deeply dishonest when you realize what actually happened here. Right. By people who refer to trans women as women. Anyway, turfs using dinosaur emoji was a problem for Riley. To see, you know, our social enemies, for lack of a better term. Poor Riley is a victim. Hundred percent. Boy taking you know these symbols and trying to use it as their dog whistle it really just made zero statistically riley probably has been a victim a number of times unfortunately the feminists who were insulted by being called dinosaurs by the british mp he called them dinosaurs and then they but we don't even know if this was the instigating event for the dinosaur i don't know and call like you know what I'm saying? Like they're just assuming that the version of the story that the other person associated with their network was given was the instigating event for this particular emote being used in that way. And I don't know if it's the case. And I'm not going to look it up during my during the middle of my show. I watched this stuff without having seen it before. But what I'm saying is like the way in which like 
fascist or bigoted groups appropriate things it's not always just like one instigating event now that's exactly how and why this group is appropriated is or not even appropriating the symbol right it's an emoji that's available on everybody's goddamn phone you can't really appropriate that it's already on your phone so why are they using it why are they using it to like symbolize that they're part of this group well who knows actually um yeah probably because there's plausible deniability that's well yeah that's one you of the know, reasons they like, use that's one of the reasons they use any of these things but what i'm saying is how did it start did it start with this mp maybe but maybe not because people will call people with backward beliefs dinosaurs forever right so like you could find yep. it you could find an instance of people calling people a dinosaur all the time yeah so I don't know if this is the instigating event. It may have been, it may not have been. It may have been more than one thing. That's how this stuff works. It's uh, their friend Richard Dawkins would call it, it would say, you know, a meme, it's a meme. It's how a meme works. It's, it's, it's not always clear where it came from and how it got there and how it, be, how it became a symbol for certain people, especially with, this, with, like, with it being emotes or you know, just popular imagery from the culture. In this case, it's just an emote. It's a fucking dinosaur emote. Took to wearing a dinosaur costume and use that in protest as a way to kind of deal with that with humor, and it appears to. Right. So it is the it just, third definition no of dinosaur, a relic to, of the past. I can't remember the person. It makes no sense to the listeners because there's no context. Yeah, no. Why, they're not explaining. Why it. are they using dinosaur? Because they hate trans people. Right. They well, why else would they be dinosaur? using dinosaur? They're using well, the dinosaur costume because dinosaur was thrown at them uh, by a British politician as a pejorative. Yeah. So they adopted it. That's yeah. the actual story here. You never know that from listening they to NPR. Have no clue. In fact, when we first heard it, we were completely clueless. No. If you see something beloved taken over by someone else, that can be hard. Suddenly, genderqueer fans of dinos everywhere felt under attack as turfs kept <laughs> dropping the emoji into their feeds. And we know how these things go. Just think of Pepe the Frog or the Punisher Skull or the Swastika. The Swastika has to be in there. The Swastika. In <laughs> Gotta have no, you. Oh, you're an idiot. The Swastika was appropriated. Yeah, it was appropriated. I believe the Nazis appropriated it. Was it uh, Indian or South Asian culture that it was appropriated from? I think it was Buddhist. Yeah, yeah, South Asian culture then. Huh. But I don't. I don't know for sure. But yeah, it was appropriated. Absolutely. Pepe the Frog was appropriated. Like. Yeah, that's the the swastika is actually a, a a great example. And if somebody doesn't know about it, they might go, well, "What do you mean it was appropriated?" They go look it up. They go, "Oh shit, I guess it was appropriated." Yep, swastika in there. They're Nazis. <laughs> Absolutely. Outsider groups latch onto a symbol. No, they weren't saying they were Nazis. They were giving examples of symbols that had been appropriated irrevocably. It's not clear if Terse knew it is. It is interesting, though, that someone brought up a swastika and and Peter Bogosian was like, oh, you're calling me a Nazi irrevocably. Maybe he gets called a Nazi clear. a lot. That symbol is often changed irrevocably. It's not clear if Terse knew they were co-opting something beloved to this slice of the gender queer community. As far as we can tell, it is clear. They adopted the dinosaur costume because they were called dinosaurs. That's why they started wearing the dinosaur costume. We don't know the costume. Okay, so the protests with the costume could have happened completely independently from the online phenomena of the dinosaur going in the in your fucking profile. 
Like these people don't understand the internet and internet culture. These things could be related, but they could be completely separate and discreet. Yeah, that also wasn't the statement. Like the statement was, we don't know if they adopted it knowing it was beloved. Like, sure, they may have adopted it because they were called it, but that still doesn't answer the statement (coughs) or the question. And it could also be something else. And where this 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 dinosaur and the the MP thing could be like a flash in the pan that's like maybe somewhat related but not completely like one to one like drawing a line. Internet culture, meme culture, the use of symbology, the use of symbolism, and how it relates to ideology is fucking complicated. It just is. I wouldn't claim to tell you that the thing with the dinosaur and the MP isn't true, but I wouldn't hear the story about that and just immediately jump to, well, that's why all the dinosaurs are in the turfs profiles. It's probably like neither. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's probably a little, a little, a column a and a little column B and then probably column C that we haven't even touched on. Yeah. This stuff is way more complicated. It isn't just one thing. That's not how they appropriated Pepe either. It wasn't just one Nazi like Pepe the Frog and now all of a sudden Pepe is everywhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's more complicated than that. Search. And then how they put together the story, I have no idea. Or they're lying. Those are your two options here with NPR. Yeah, and also many trans people are gender critical, so it's not necessarily true like Buck Angel. But again, you'd never know any of this from, from listening to it. No. Dinosaur emoji began showing up in anti-trans Twitter bios around October of last year. We're going to skip a, a, a section. Uh, we and maybe this is the section they're going to skip the whole section where, like earlier, where the article talk, where the where the thing talks about the MP and the costumes. <laughs> like remember earlier when they talked about an article where something wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to skip the part where they bring up the MP and the dinosaurs and the dinosaur protests. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Jerry Burge, B-U-R-G-E, he's the founder of Chief Emoji Officer. It's amazing that there's such a thing at Emojipedia. The bottom line that's is... Not an, that's not a dumb thing if you work at Emojipedia. By the way, he's probably a volunteer. I don't think he's, that's his main salary job is working for Emojipedia. <laughs> so he's the Chief Emoji Officer. That's what I'd fuck... If I ran that thing, what the fuck else are you going to call yourself? Yeah, of course he's the Chief Emoji <laughs> Officer. It's a CEO, baby. <laughs> he's like it's not a real thing it's like thanks peter the dude's probably a volunteer it's probably like a fun project he does on the side where he maintains emojipedia we're just <laughs> editing this out for clarity it actually makes the story better once it's edited out it becomes it has cleaner. nothing to do with the act with their na- false narrative or the original story y- yeah yeah pointless all right let's continue back in october Almost immediately, the community bombarded TERFs with takedowns and messages of trans pride. One tweet seemed to bring this fight out of its bubble. It came from a pro-trans cis woman named Courtney Milan. She's a romance writer, but she also dabbles in creating emoji. And in a blow to the TERF community, she tweeted a simple message. Quote, these emoji dinosaurs are both trans. I know this because I wrote the proposal to the Unicode Technical Committee asking for them. (laughs) I love her. Doesn't simply make emoji. That is amazing. It is a very official process. 
they are technical documents and they are trying to make the case for an emoji, but there's often little uh, over-emphatic language often used about why it's essential this emoji be added and, and what the, the meaning is. Courtney Milan proposed... Yeah, actually, have you, read, have you read any of the emoji proposals? Some of them are just hella funny and cute and shit, like... It's, it's, I haven't read any of them, but maybe we can read some. Maybe we can read a couple like during the post game if people can find like a cute emoji proposal yeah. like for us to read. Like we can read it during the post game. Set of dinosaurs. You know that. All right, chat. You heard. That's your challenge. She, find a cute emoji proposal. We looked back and looked at this. There was no mention of the dinosaurs being transgendered. This is something. This is all these fucking emoji police. <laughs> He does not get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fact to help push the narrative. You know, Douglas Murray is right. We, we've just lost bigger things to worry about. So we elevate these idiotic issues and problematize them. We make problems of things that are just thousands of people being raped and murdered in Europe right now in the first land war, first large land war we've had in Europe in a long time. We've got the highest jump in inflation that the country's seen in 30 or 40 years. Yeah. The largest spike in homicide the United States has ever seen, 30% in this last year. That's incorrect. Uh, but wasn't he also like just defending the people, the anti-trans people? Like if you're gonna say like, hey, let's not worry about this issue, you kind of have to say that to both sides. You can't just say it when the other side makes a good point. Or you could lead by I example. Mean, I guess you can, but you're just being dishonest. One could lead by example and not worry about the issue. There's things that we just specifically don't cover around here, like celebrity news. Yeah, like th there, there are, what, 8 billion people on the planet? That's a lot of people to consider different issues. And it's, it's another thing that I don't like, and it's usually conspiracists who do this, right? Where they'll say, well, you're worried about this, but what about this? And it's like, well, I can think about that later. It's not like I just all the, it's not like, like, oh, you're worried about, you know, trans rights. Well, what about, you know, oh, I thought you were supposed to be concerned with climate change. And it's like, oh, that's right. I can only really think about one fucking thing, can't I? No. <laughs> Conspiracy theorists do it all the time where they act like, because you're talking about one thing that it, the uh, this uh, whole host of other issues is just hasn't even crossed your mind. They act like they're the only person on the fucking planet who can think about like I don't know a few hundred different things during the course of their day. <laughs> like and maybe five really me. and maybe five really important things in the, you know in the course you know most of the things that cross your mind are probably fairly trivial during the course of your day you know. Otherwise, if you I've would... thought about even like five things before breakfast, I need to take a nap. And we're talking about dinosaur emojis. Your tax dollars for NPR <laughs> are going to talk about a make-believe story, which is was hobbled together by them to push a false. I'm cool with that. And ignore what the actual. Like, what's story wrong with that? About I think even the actual story. Yeah. I don't what percentage of my story. tax dollar goes to this? Do you think? You know, when you're listening to NPR, they're like, this This was underwritten by, and then it's just this list of off, like, like foundations that are run by the worst people in the world. <laughs> like, how many zeros would you have to put after a point and before the first non-zero number to reach the percentage of my dollar that goes to this particular story on NPR? Right. Uh, public 
radio and public broadcasting, the funding has been going down for a very long time. That's why they always, that's why they do the fund, the, the pledge drives. And that's why they, that, you know, they will always say these programs have been under, underwritten by, and I'm telling you, it's like the Coke foundation, fucking American enterprise Institute. You know, it's like the, Oh, you're like, Oh God. But, but yeah. it's right. a real issue. It's something you can, it, it's right. women being upset about being called bodies with vaginas. And but that, no, no, that isn't, that's not, that's, that's way off. That's way out somewhere else, dude. That's it's it's a thing that happened, but that's way out somewhere else. And it was a lot of men that were mad that the it was to people with vaginas or bodies with vaginas. I I don't understand how that's offensive. Dinosaur because they don't like being called bodies with vaginas, so they wear a dinosaur outfit at a protest. That's what the actual story is about. It's not about like but no, the guy is hating trans. They weren't calling individual people bodies with vaginas. They were saying the class of people the the anatomy and physiology of bodies with vaginas is understudied that's what they this were saying 100 right you'd think the, the uh, in fact i bet i bet most regular ass feminists are like oh that's that's good actually yeah you should definitely because like a lot for a very long time cl clinical trials were only done on men yeah and for a, for even even up to this day there's not enough representation of people of different different races and ethnic backgrounds in clinical trials and that's to the detriment of all of medicine and so like i like you'd think a feminist would would like just let it go on the bodies with vaginas wording they don't like and be like oh they're doing more there there's more research being done on bodies like mine so that my healthcare might get better You'd think that if that would be the feminist position to take, not why did they call it a body with a vagina? Yeah. And they're including trans men in that. They're including. I'm, I shouldn't say all, but they're including most cis women and most trans men who have a body that has a vagina. I think it's. I think it would have been better like from the jump for all of this to be talking about people's bodies in these kinds of ways. Anyway, it's more accurate. Yeah. Bullshit made right. up story by NPR. So if you looked at a wall and didn't listen to this, you'd be better off because you wouldn't have false information. hundred percent. It's you, like a revenge story. You would know more about this story <laughs> having not heard this story from NPR. Correct. Dinosaur emoji back in 2016. A T-Rex, a Brachiosaurus, and a Triceratops. Her proposal is eight pages long, with charts showing how often people search for dinosaur emoji online. It includes potential meanings for the emoji. <laughs> Courtney was arguing that because she created these dinosaurs, she determined their gender, and she determined that... Okay. I, I don't even know if I... Because she... No, she was just trying to help, it sounds like. Also, is that wrong? They're just fictitious creatures. I mean, not dinosaurs aren't fictitious, but these individuals that the emojis represent are fictitious creatures, right? She gets to say whatever gender she wants for them. And because they're fictitious dinosaurs, you get to disagree, I suppose, because they're not real. So, like, who the fuck's going to yeah. check like, like any of the claims about them, right? <laughs> Courtney's yeah. original proposal say the dinos are in fact trans? No, I don't see anything in the proposal. No. So, a hint of honesty by NPR. They just No, they just said the truth. That the whole thing's been true so far. I don't know. And now they're going to mention it briefly at the end. 
in the proposal that really makes that case. But that doesn't mean the... How beholden to an ideology do you have to be that you push a gender on a long extinct species, something that's not even in your own species, along... Wait, what are you doing right now? Why, why, how, the how, how fucked up in the head do you have to be to argue the counterpoint then? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But also, again, he does realize that other animals have genders, right? Sure, but I mean, this is an, this is an emoji. This is all, like, I think the person who said that was just trying to help and be kind of tongue-in-cheek, right? But, like, this is the second time he's made a statement where I'm not actually sure that he realizes that humans aren't the only animals that have genders. Right. He thinks it's, like, something that we made up in, like, the last little while to to do a culture war on him almost, right? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he believes that, but one, one, one might think that. And not just him. We've listened to other people. Like, I don't... You see every once in a while those dumb tweets that, like, I'll never use a gender. I'll never be a gender. And it's like, oh no, you poor thing. <laughs> you think we just made this? You think that you th- maybe I personally made it up? Like in, I'll go back 1995 or so. I was around 18, and I just made up the idea of gender just because I knew that when I was in my 40s, I'd be arguing with dumb fucks in their 50s about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, if you don't want to identify as a gender, that's fine. You can be agendered. Right? We don't care. We're not the we're yeah. not the ones mad at this. Yeah. Although I I feel like that has a lot of impl- implications that people that say that don't understand. And to think, to even think in this way. Well, how weak are your arguments if that's what you're left with? Right. <laughs> They're arguing. Listen, listen. I don't think any argument over over the nature of a fucking little tiny dinosaur that you could put into your text message i don't think you're gonna have any high quality arguments if, if you know what i'm saying you might have good arguments around like the cultural issue that you're really talking about that the dinosaur is a proxy for but the dinosaur itself you're just not you're gonna be like oh yeah i drew the dinosaur it's trans what are you gonna do now that's as good as argument as i'm like, <laughs> like whatever like get in get in the shit and talk the shit let's go it's it's my dinosaur now actually none of you can have also it. i'm I'd, I'm interested to know what he thinks that's an argument for. I don't even, this is so far, like what they're doing is so far abstracted and so far like removed from the thing that they're really talking about. And what they're talking about is that these two assholes don't hate trans people, specifically trans women. Yep. Like, like what you said, you know, the, the lady was like, oh yeah, well I drew these dinosaurs and they're trans. So fuck off. Uh, like, why does he think that that's an argument? Right. That's obviously she's getting in the shit and trying to be nice, trying to do like nice thing. Right. She's like, I'm yeah, going to get doing sh- a good, like, I'm going to get in this shit and try to do a nice thing for fucking people because this is stupid. Like I wrote an eight yeah. page paper on this and it's been peer reviewed. All right. <laughs> I'm the expert on this dinosaur. I'm the only one who's ever written a paper on this dinosaur. Like, come on, that's funny. And you're also like trying to do the right thing. You're trying to be fucking cool to people. Yeah. But no, that's not an argument. Oh, you got you went to the fucking you went to the fucking Stefan Molyneux school of fucking uh, polemics. Good job. 
The original creator of the dinosaur emoji says that the dinosaur emoji is transgendered, and that's your evidence for pushing forward whatever whatever deranged appeasal you're trying to push forward. Wait, deranged what? That doesn't mean the person proposing. Uh, like I, I mean, like sure, he can say like that doesn't mean anything because I do somewhat agree because the creator of the word GIF pronounce it GIF, and I I'm not disagree with him. We're not. Well, what, but, I'm not doing this. We're, we're getting into the home stretch of the pod here, HK. We've done. We've done pretty good. Keeping it. Keeping it going. Keeping it going. All things considered, like oh, all things considered, but I, I don't. I don't think he understands that. That's not. Like, that's not meant to be an argument. It's just. Right. She's being nice. She's like, being fuck cool. Y'all. Fuck y'all. I drew this. They're trans. Yeah. They are. Riley, for her part wants us to remember that whatever we may think about the gender or sex of dinosaur emoji on Twitter, we should remember that the millions and millions of years of evolution in biological nature on planet Earth tells a story that's a little more nuanced. So we don't know what determined the biological sex of non-avian dinosaurs, as in like Triceratops and T-Rex, the ones that we love that went extinct 66 million years ago. Right. Because we don't have the genetics, so we don't. So the dino emoji is a stand-in for a general category of dinosaur, not a specific dino. That's what an emoji is supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be a generalized stand-in. No, there's three different dinosaurs and they're all in the same category, you idiot. That's what the person just said. Uh, also, they they mentioned the species of the dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> they're, they're specific species of dinosaurs. Like... I we could listen to this NPR piece and there's probably a lot to like take apart where it's incomplete. I don't think they probably did a great job of talking about how iconography is is used in this way. But you also have to be like really far down the fucking like dystopia beat rabbit hole to talk about how iconography is used in this way. <laughs> and the people on NPR are not far. They're not down that rabbit hole. They don't really <laughs> and they shouldn't be. They're they're reporting the normal news. They bring on yeah, that's our like job a, to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, they bring on someone like a Jared Holt or a Will Summer or a Julian from QAnon Anonymous or Gay Dave if you need somebody to talk about these things on your fucking show because you're doing like a more general show. But these guys are like, these guys are like, well, that's not an argument. You drew the dinosaur and now it's trans, man, 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 man. It's like, dude, like, what do you, it, that person was doing it to try to like, tr do a, 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 a punch up troll that's all they were doing a little punch up troll also she was bringing up a really good point in that uh in that segment saying we don't know what actually determined the biological sex of non-avian dinosaurs we know what term determines the biological sex of a of uh i guess avian dinosaurs but also just avians uh and it's it's the opposite of how it is in in humans uh so in humans if you have two of the same chromosomes two of the same sex chromosomes so an x and an x you're born with female genitalia in general uh, and if you have different ones an x and a y you're born with male genitalia in general uh and in i forget what it is it's like w and z uh in in birds we call we gave them different names because it's different uh, but but in birds it's it's the it's the opposite if you right. have two of the same you're born with male genitalia and if you have two different ones you're born with female genitalia 
And it's because in different species, sex evolved differently. Right. Which is a really good point when you're talking about this kind of stuff. And they're like, if you noticed, anytime they like try to give you any cool dino facts, these assholes fucking interrupt it. Yep. They like don't even want you to have the cool dino facts. A category of things. Yeah. And and I would argue, you know, no matter what you think about the dinosaur emojis, I would argue you're far better off not thinking about the dino emoji. If you're thinking too much about dinosaur emojis, you might want to reevaluate your life. Yeah, if you're thinking what, what at do you, all you about did dinosaur a, emojis, there's a, a long segment on dino emojis. So we don't know whether it's <laughs> determined or today, yeah. for example, they did like most of their show on it. And crocodiles have temperature dependent sex determination. So the temperature of the nest determines whether more males or females are going to be born. There are some birds. I love how they, uh, if if biology suits them, they use it, or at least they think that they suits their suits their argument. They use it. If not, it's categorically disregarded. That but might. Happen. What are you? What are you talking? That's as good a place to fucking stop this as any. We got We had. We're at an hour and twenty nine here, and then we got to. We just got to. <laughs> what is like? This guy's not a biologist. I don't think. I don't remember what his what his thing is. Peter Rigozian's not a biologist. I don't even know who his co host is. Let me just some fucking dude. But like there's like they never have like uh like a, a human like a, a a biologist who focuses specifically on human sex sexuality sex organs and like how they're presented right they're not going to have someone like that on to talk about the current state of the biology because um that person's going to disagree with them and mm-hmm I don't know what that person's going to say. I, they probably fucking would say, so. I'd probably say some shit. They'd just be like, you know what I mean? Like we, we try to be pretty good on this, but that person would probably just tear what we're saying about all this apart too, because like they, they would be like, they're like on the edge. They're like further down the road. We're just lay people. Right. And so they're not going to have one of those people on to talk about the biology and the current state of our understanding of either humans or dinosaurs or drawn f- or fucking things that you drew. I don't know. Is there a, is there a, (laughs) (laughs) but I think with emojis, it's, it's really up to the creator or up to the people using it in the end. Cause once you know that once you create something, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to control how it gets used. Like, yeah. So, but where's the bio? Okay. The the biology great. Have a biologist on. I'd love to like, these people have access to someone like that. I would love to have access to someone like that and have them on to talk about the current state of uh, human sex, how, and how it like presents itself, like the biology of that. I would love to have somebody on to talk about that. I can't get somebody on to talk about that. These guys can, but they're just not gonna because they don't want that person on. They want like an evolutionary biologist on who's going to be like, well, man, woman, make new baby. It's evolutionary biology. And it's like, well, that's not really the, okay. That's not really what we were, what we're talking about here, but. Yep. All right. You want to read the show out HK? Yeah. Uh, so we do the show every Wednesday at 7 PM Pacific. We do it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Echoplex media. So if you're listening on the podcast and you want to check us out, come check us out, say hi in the chat. We would love to chat with you guys. Uh, and then after this show for the live listeners, you get to listen to red light. Uh, so if you want to come by and check out red light, you can check that out after the show every week. Uh, and you can check out more of our shows at echoplexmedia.com and you can donate to us if you'd like to at patreon.com slash echoplex. Uh, and this is boomers by Periscope. 
can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.